Stephen Strange. The Illuminati will see you now. We will see what kind of Doctor Strange you are. Marvel Studios Doctor Strange. Yo, I hit the jewel, I got some goals. I sold a little weed, but I could never sell my soul. And when I'm in LA, you find me out in little soap. Come up, go with my ramen, I'ma need another bowl. Let's go. To quote a great philosopher, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to another episode, if my count is correct here. This is episode 78 of the MK Productions Podcast. Kristen, we are two episodes away from episode 80 and then 20 more from 100. Can you believe this? This is crazy. This is insane because when we film our 80th episode, we're going to be reviewing Top Gun Maverick. So that's yes, a great way to celebrate 80th episodes. But now we're at 78. I am doing well, Mac. That's good. Once again, I am Mac. This is Kristen. We've already said hello. And hello. Uh, we have a few updates before we get into the, today's show where we're talking about Doctor Strange and Multiverse of that Madness. And I would like... How about the first piece of news? I think it's right that Kristen does it because she came up with the idea and I said, you know what? You can be the head runner of it. So, Kristen, what did you do this past week? Well, what I decided to start us to do now, you can follow us on the Instagram page. You can follow both Mac and I on Twitter and our Instagram pages as well. But you can also now email us at the MK Productions Podcast at gmail.com as well as follow our TikTok page. We have a brand new page where we'll just update you all on like when we'll be posting new episodes of our show and maybe create some new form of content for us. But yeah, we now are now on TikTok. I don't know how active we'll be on on it, but we do have it. Yes. Then it's Kristen. I don't use TikTok, but Kristen, she's well versed in it. So I said, you know what, Kristen, you can go and you can be the front runner of that. You can run the TikTok page. Just yeah, so we are on the 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 we're on the talk yep and links of course will be in the description below and we want to start a new thing since we have an email if you want to email it we want to try to do at the end of the, uh, like episodes going forward besides like the box up with the box office reports i want to do like a story time or like someone sends it so like submit emails to the mk productions gmail page and we want to read them on air. Like, you have any funny theater stories or just anything that's going on in your life? We want to read it. And then, like, you know. it, it could be about a movie that you want to see upcoming and you have, like, plans to go see it with people. Or you have something that you want to share about your favorite theater-going experience, worst theater-going experience. Share it with us at our Gmail. And we want to read your story on air. We will, if you don't want to share any names, that's fine. We will just make it creative for you. And yeah. even maybe, here's the other thing. If you write out a play... Maybe Mac and I will be assigned as parts, and we'll reenact it. We'll do a podcast, but <laughs> um, but our email is the MNK Productions Podcast at gmail.com. The link will be in the description below, where you can send us an email, and then we can read it out on air. But you can just literally just say hi to us, and we'll just go hi. Yeah. But um, like I said, in today's episode, we're going over some film news. We're going to be talking about the new MCU Phase 4 movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And then we will be going over some box office support and what's coming up on the M&K up front. But with all that said, Kristen, are you ready to go? Let's go! All right, let us get right into the news! Yay, news! This is CNN. All right, so the news for this past week. 
where I think I'm going to start off with the news this week, because I think I found two pieces of news that are very intrigued me, like really like got me interested. So the first news we covered a few episodes back about uh, YouTuber Chris Stuckman and his Kickstarter for um, his horror film Shelby Oaks. And it actually broke a Kickstarter record, of, I believe, for the most finance. Like, it the did. Most, what was it? The most financed uh, independent film on Kickstarter? I believe so. I think that was the name. Excuse me. I had a hiccup. Uh, oh, they can't. Oh, my gosh. I have, like, Ajita now. Um, the uh, the goal. He surpassed everything. All the expectations. And he broke a record. So. Yeah, but it was officially revealed that the cast, ha- there has there is a cast now for Shelby Oaks. And the film is going to star Camille Sullivan, Brendan, Sex- Brendan Sexton III, Michael Beach, Robin Barlett, Keith David, Charles Talbert, Emily Benedict, and Sarah Dumb. Of course, some of the big names, if you don't know, the main star of the film is Camille Sullivan, who plays Mia. Camille Sullivan is also known for her appearances in Rookie Blue, Da Vinci's Inquest, Intelligence, and Shattered. I like the cast. Yeah. I think that's quite impressive for something with a Kickstarter campaign, because this is an original property, because there was another, like, Indiegogo Kickstarter campaign a while back. Remember the Veronica Mars movie? That was based on original property, but now this is a really its own original story. So now Chris Stuckman has a lot of expectations on the line. And I feel like yeah. he's getting I could feel like the sense of pressure he has to deliver. He wants to yeah. deliver something great. Um there is, he, a is a, he is a perfectionist, to be honest. He is with an you. extreme perfectionist, and I think all of us who have started film podcasts, reviews, pages, everything that we do, he's one of the major influencers when you think of. Yeah, and we're really, we're really, we're really rooting for him. Like, I want this movie to, like, if it's not, I just want it to be good. I just want it to be watchable and good. And yeah. I think he knows that from reviewing so many films over the last few years. He knows what he wants to deliver. He gets, he has a lot of inspiration. He says, like, he's now have contacts that he can reach out to to get more opinions. He has worked with studios now. He's He has delivered himself a name for himself himself in the internet space and internet culture and film culture so that he is so well respected and loved that there's a lot of writing on this so i am really looking forward to seeing this yeah and the plot of shelby oaks follows mia who's played by camille sullivan as she searches for her missing sister riley who has last seen who was last seen with a group of paranormal investigators called the paranormal paranoids so that's what we know, and it is scheduled for a theatrical release in July of next year. So that would be cool to see a movie like this in theaters. Not like yeah, I'm excited. Two. I'm surprised it'll be out next year. Yeah, but I we wish the best of luck with Chris. We will definitely watch it. Maybe we'll cover it. And then well, we have to cover it. I mean, Chris Duckman has been like a huge part of both of our lives. I think, especially me, because I grew up watching Chris for the last. I don't know, more than 10 years. I remember watching him all the way back in high school. And I have his, uh, yeah, and I even have his book about the uh, hundred something movies to watch. It's on mm-hmm. my bookshelf. So I, I I admire Chris, I do. And I'm ex- really, really excited. If we can talk to, talk about this movie, then you know we're going to talk about it. Yeah, maybe we could try to get him on for an interview. Oh my god, I would love that. I think he would just love to be on any form of podcast, I think. I mean, he doesn't do many forms of interviews. I mean, he was on the uh, Double Toasted yeah. podcast to talk there. So, and 
I, I would hope he would do a lot of press for this, and I feel like he would. Kristen, what's your news? My news story is that uh, we have some people leaving Saturday Night Live. The show that should have ended sooner is losing <laughs> some of its key members, including Jeez. Kyle Mooney, if you remember his other half, was uh, Beck Bennett. I think that was the other the other Kyle Moody and Beck Bennett, I think that was the other one who they were a pair, but he, Beck Bennett left when last season and now he, Kyle Moody was the last uh, duo to be on there. And now he's leaving AD Bryan, who was on Shrill, the popular Hulu show is now leaving a loved member from the SNL crew, Kate McKinnon, is leaving, as well as Pete Davidson will all leave the season. So out of all these people, who are you rooting for for a successful career? Because so far, Kate McKinnon has shown to prove tremendous stripes with, you know, comedy. I haven't been a huge fan of hers. She's not but really. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really care about half these people leaving, except for uh, Kate McKinnon and maybe Pete Davidson. But I will say definitely Kate McKinnon because at least her I know can deliver what she's asked to in a movie. Because even in Ghostbusters 2016, with that being the, that movie, yeah, the notoriously know. how bad it yeah. is. But uh, like, I, and then was she in Bridesmaids? No, I don't know. From not, not Bridesmaids. I, I mean, um, Rock Night. Rough night. She was in rough night. I did like her in that. So she does have. I think she just needs to hone her craft. Like she is on the uh, Joe versus Carol show on Peacock. Oh yeah, people did like her. Mom liked her in that, so maybe they'll be good. But um, honestly, not really. Only Kate McKenna because honestly, that's if you're talking about shocking. I'm surprised Kate left because I thought she would be set on there for life. Pete Davidson leaving. I think that's probably the best bet because I think I think really people are really getting sick of this shit. Uh, he there there are people who like him, but I think people at this point are just rooting for him because he's with Kim Kardashian. Well, that's not gonna last long, but like yeah, it's just um, like he, he's okay. Like I like him. He's, he's okay, but it's like yes, I, I love him, him in that. I need him in short doses and seeing him every Saturday, seeing him every Saturday night. I'm just like you're not funny on here, especially the freaking what was it the one he said? Okay, the guy just said okay. I'm oh, like, uh, Kyle, whatever yeah, his name is, whatever his name, Cody, yeah, like, Kyle. I don't, I just like, like okay. Yeah, everyone loved that, but I just thought it was just so stupid. He just, just has... The only funny thing I saw with him in was when he was talking about when he um, was on trial for the teachers having sex. He was like, I began to uh, went out the house and spun around like a princess fairy. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know why that, that was kind of funny to me. There was the one where he showed up with uh, Dave Chappelle as Count Chocula yes. with the buck teeth. But it was, uh, it was really funny. But, yeah, I don't know. Everyone else, I was like... I didn't even know who you were, so good luck, you know. I, I'd say wish, wish you best in the but do you think this is a sign of things to come if SNL's losing a lot of these main pretty much main key pieces into them? Are you gonna try to find someone else or they're gonna Well they to have to bring on new people each season since a lot of people do leave. I know like last year, I think only Beck Bennett was the only one who left last year. Like I, I think. Don't quote me on that, but um it's uh it's, uh, I mean, it gives a shot for new people to come onto the show and potential new great comedians for the show. But uh, as someone who's like really outgrown SNL and will only watch for select episodes for select guests, I feel like it's, don't you feel like it's time to end the show? 
No, because I think SNL is at a point where it's hit the status status of like it being a mainstay mainstay show. Because like that's like you saying should we cancel um like a Real Housewives show or something? Because it's just such a staple of shows that like you can not get rid of it. I say take a break to maybe retool. Because I think SNL really does need like a retooling. Well, they do have time to retool their work and craft over the like the four months because they don't really like come back into fruition until like the mid the end of september i don't know but if this is things to come that i think it may be time to get rid of because it's like i think a main problem i i see with people when they don't like the modern snl is that i've heard people say they think it's too political now but this humor and then the humor's not funny because i know a lot of people stopped watching when elon musk was on there that Elon Musk episode was something else. I know people. I I didn't watch it. I just know people were not not happy. Yeah, I just watched the skits from it, and you know, it's just like they want to bring in audiences, like you know, the unexpected star. I mean, look at when Donald Trump was on it, and that was a disaster, as well as you know, Elon Musk starring on it, and. You know, so many other people you don't expect to host SNL go on and just be absolutely cringy as heck, and they do terrible. Or you have some people who do really good recently, like Selena Gomez was really, really great, and I was hoping people like Jake Gyllenhaal would do good, and he was. his skits were awful, and Selena really delivered. So it's like people want to watch to see the, how the guest does deliver. There's a lot of eyes on it. It's just like, how do you do, fellow kids? That's how I felt like sometimes when Jake Gyllenhaal showed up, Aww. trying to be hip and cool. Damn it, Jake! I but, love uh, you know me and my love for Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm yeah. just like, he did not do good on that show. Lots of singing on on his episode, which I do enjoy his singing, but I was just like the skits that they were chosen for that didn't, were not good. But uh, cringy. My news story, my second one, is that our favorite film, Morbius. Is Morbius. the number one streaming film on Apple TV for the month of April. How the hell did that happen? Did Gerald rig the system? Yeah, on Thursday, so this is from comicbookresources.com. On Thursday, Sony revealed through the official Morbius Twitter account that the film is currently the number one movie on Apple TV app. There are several other VOD platforms out there, but Apple TV is certainly on the one of the biggest successes. There shows that. Their shows Morbius might have some legs in its home release. And this is from the Twitter account. Thanks to everyone who's brought Dr. Morbius home for a house call. Get the number one movie on Apple TV app now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Michael Morbius at your service. And I tweeted out a, a video I posted. It was just. I saw your video. Yeah, it's just people. It actually, our friend David from Flix Talk, we got into a discussion on Twitter that we both like agreed with. And, um, it was about how it was to sum up. It's just people just wanted to see, like, because it was Morbius was bashed so hard post release in theaters. Be like, so many bad reviews. Like, I'm not gonna go see it in theaters. Let's wait for it to come out on um, DVD. Yeah, and I think that's the point of it at this point. If, if the film gets bashed, if there's a way for you to see it at home, I think that's people saying the calling sign for to say, hey, I won't go out to the theater. But still, yeah. why watch Morbius? I think it's at this point because people like I just had this discussion with Talking TV's Dom. If you want to go follow them, go follow Talking TV. He said that like he had a lot of end of discussions with a lot of Marvel stuff, but he said you he said he came across a meme where it was like you could put anything across Marvel and people will have to watch it, and that's the case with Morbius. It's kind of Marvel. 
Plug the funny thing I tell people, I'm like, it's not Marvel, it's Sony. It's so it's, it's Sony, Sony Marvel. Yeah, but people are like it's Marvel though. I'm like, good. It's but, Marvel. That's the Marvel that nobody wants. It's funny. Like, we should just start doing like, hey, you want to see a Marvel movie? Just take her and go see Morbius. Because like, it's Marvel. You think it's an MCU movie, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is for you, Kristen. This is my question. What's your question? So since this has had since Morbius, God knows, has now a successful home release now. Do you think that gives Sony the confidence to maybe look for a straight-to-video sequel to Morbius instead of trying to do a theater if they want to do a second movie? What if there's this idea of they're like, hey, let's make a sequel to Morbius. Fuck no, baby. But put it on streaming. I feel like they would do that. Like, it'll be like Sony is going to launch their own streaming service and be like, Morbius is going to be ahead. Like, I feel like... sell it to, like, a property to be like, okay, you got to watch it on Disney Plus and then it'll, like, blow up. But I I feel like... They're looking at this and like, huh, they really like the movie if they're watching it, number one, not realizing that people are probably laughing at them. Like, we can do the sequel. And make it just as bad. Yeah, but do you Did you see the video of the one guy who, it's like Eddie Burback, and he went to go see Morbius like five, five times? Good God. I pray for that. And man. he bought a ticket to Everything Everything. Mm-hmm. But why subject yourself to go see Morbius? I don't, I watched his video, but I was just like, why not? Why waste your precious time for a stupid YouTube video? Hey, anything's worth, I, I'd see Morius five times for the lols. I'd, I'll just go on and watch the, the clips for the lols. Here's an idea we should do, but let no. us know if we should do this. Should we do a watch along of Morbius? Hell no. Oh God, I'm not watching that again. Hell no, I'm not doing no. that. No. And I was going to say, and bring back our guest for that show, uh, Glam, uh, Glam and Geek. So If she wants to do it, like, if y'all really want to do a watch log, we can do it. But I, I'll just, like, I'll buy, I need some beer if that's good. We need a lot of good snacks and drinks yeah, to get we, us through I that. I think you need to be shit-faced to watch that movie. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he can have some kind of drinking game at this point. Every time they say his name, take a shot. Or it's, like, the, the time he has to, like run yeah every every crappy cg effect take a shot yes or the uh he turns into a vampire or he kills somebody but anyways ready for my last news story yeah my last news story is uh a new oceans 11 movie starring margot robbie is an active active development and warner brothers And Jay Roach will direct. This is coming from Deadline. A new Ocean's Eleven film starring Margot Robbie. is an active development. Can confirm the four-time Emmy Award winner Jay Roach, who is mostly known for his movie Bombshell, and him and Margot Robbie worked together in Bombshell, will direct the pick, but he's not yet green light. So I'm guessing this is a no for you. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! I don't listen. I, I confession time. I've never like really got into the Oceans movie. I thought they were like fine. I just was just like, dude, I don't. I really stopped. I the only you know funny thing. The only full Oceans movie I watched was the one with Sandra Bullock, and I regret every minute of it. That one. That, that one I think was also mixed. Um, I but only like, like the first Oceans Eleven movie, the one with everybody in it, with you know George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And Don Cheadle. It's it's a great film. 
but it's just show. like my thing is like why do you need a prequel i don't really care i don't care about the whole margot robbie thing i think she's a tremendous actress like good for her but like why do you need a prequel for oceans of, for oceans like and they take place in 60s europe like Mm-hmm. What is this supposed to be, George Clooney? Because George Clooney was like the head of everything, right? In the mm-hmm. is this going to be like his like his great grandmother or something? And he's taught him everything he knows. My my great grandmother is Margot Robbie. And I feel like the thing I think with this is like I think this may have been Margot Robbie's idea. You cannot like there's no way she's she, got a lot of like female driven films that are happening nowadays. From yeah, and they're. Because it's like half of this stuff is literally her idea that she wants to do. Like Birds of Prey, that was her idea that she was like pretty much made Mortimer Brothers make. Uh, was it like uh, Pirates? That was her idea to reboot it? Or they just said, we're going to get you? They're going to... I don't I don't totally recall it was her idea, but Disney wants to, has this idea with her being at the center of it. Sad Johnny Depp is not returning, yes, but uh, unfortunately I don't think we'll ever see Johnny Depp return to that character. But... Uh, we will one day. No, he's very, he's very sad about it. He says he... He felt Disney portrayed him with the whole Amber Heard scandal stuff. So, I mean, anyways, we're going to get some kind of new reboot prequel with Margot Robbie and Jay Roach. Uh, what do you want for Ocean's prequel? That's the question. Like, what I do don't you even to... know. I don't like, think it's a property. I don't think I would want to revisit. Yeah, I think I the mean, last Ocean's film was 2018. I would be interested in it if it's, this is its own original property, like its own heist film like a like it was it's like it's all like margot robbie with some kind of king lord or king pen and she's like i don't know i'm gonna rob caesar's palace or the tropicana and you know steal all the money and i don't know that's yeah. how i feel like it's gonna be because like this point. i have no idea what i want for this movie it's like who's gonna be my question is who are they gonna get to start alongside her if it's gonna be is it gonna be ensemble is they gotta like, have they gotta have an, another ensemble to push this idea again because you know they had you know sarah paulson in the last one and riri in the last one rihanna oh so congratulations to her with her new baby boy she also had kate blanchett in the movie so who knows what they're gonna get for this new one? Oh yeah mindy kaling was also in the last one but i don't know it's um it's gonna be all. It's gonna be. Is it gonna be an all female one again, or is it gonna be like guy and girls? Like I don't know how we're gonna make this work. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but uh, I will say this: I am excited about her starring in Babylon with Jam- Damien Chazelle. I'm so excited for it to see her in that, and I'm excited to see the new Barbie movie because she looks really good as Barbie. Well, what's the point when there's the Aqua song set in it? <laughs> they're gonna. Have to, they have to put that in. No, they and said the, it's not gonna be in there. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, breaking uh, other news is that uh, officially announced from I think the director of the Barbie movie, they said that the Aqua song is not going to be in there. Like I'm not, I'm dead. Serious. How could you not include the Barbie song? Well, here's the thing, I think I thought it was going to be a legit Barbie movie, but I think it's going to be about how Barbie was made because they cast mm-hmm. Will Ferrell in there, and he they said he might be playing like the CEO of a company. So I'm assuming that this is about how Barbie was made and not like a Barbie Barbie movie. I was, like, expecting them to be, like, you know, pl- pretending to be, like, plastic, maybe. Like, I don't know yet, which is very fascinating to me about this Barbie movie, which is, like, kind of, like, creative and unique about it. Because I don't know what to expect from this Barbie movie, and I'm excited for it. I think that ties it all with the news for this week. You have any more news, you can send us to it on our email at the MAK Productions podcast. You can say that Or now. send it over to the Instagram page. Yep, or leave it out in the comments below, and we'll take a look at it. But 
for now, let us get it right into the topic. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh-huh. All right, so the topic, we're going to be doing a quick review, non-spoiler, by the way, of the new Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is the 28th film of the damn MCU. Good Christ. It was directed, <laughs> it was directed by the horror and Spider-Man icon himself, Sam Raimi, in his first directorial film in nine years. His last film was Oz the Great and Powerful. Which is a movie I love. I love no, that movie. No comment. But <laughs> no. Uh, it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wan. Yeah, Rachel McAdams is the only people I know <laughs> the name. So. Um, but the plot of Dr. Strange's Multiverse Madness. And uh, Dr. Strange protects a girl named America Chavez. A teenager capable of traveling the multiverse from back from Scarlet. That's that's as best we can see the plot. Did you say Elizabeth Olsen was in this? Because she's like she's so good in this film. We'll get to that. But yeah, um, yeah. So it's pretty much like a movie where it's like we have to get to we have to. I describe Doctor Strange as we need to get MacGuffin A to protect it from MacGuffin B, and and break it down. Yeah, but it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It's split for people saying this movie is trash and people saying it's good. And I'm just like, that was fine. Like it was it was fun. Like I had fun, but it's like, you know. I liked it just as much as I liked the first Doctor Strange. I think I liked the first Doctor Strange. So uh I will admit that I liked it just as much. And I was very excited because Sam Raimi was directing because I love the Spider-Man movies and yep. knowing they're a huge part of my life. I was very, very excited to hear that he was returning and that Scarlet Witch was going to be the villain. And I was like, everybody grew to love Scarlet Witch. Like, what, what, what is going on? Why is she the villain? And then, you know, everybody watched WandaVision and, you know, we understand why. And I liked some stuff that was happening in it. But I think at this point where I see the criticisms involved is that everybody has is experiencing this fatigue of Marvel movies. And I think it started since Endgame, because I was going to say the same thing, because this Endgame, literally, besides, like, No Way Home, it's been a steady, like, yeah. yeah. And I think at this point, they're trying to please everybody of, like, different types of people and include all these heroes and exploring the multiverse, which is cool. But I think at this point where we don't have a set villain anymore, like Thanos was the villain for the MCU. It was like well, we the know holy the trinity set. of villains for the you MCU. You know who the set villain name they're, they're probably going to build up to, right? Yeah. Galactus. Galactus is going to be probably the villain of that, which I understand. I like it. I'm excited because I love Galactus. Like the, only, the fact that we only had Galactus in Silver Surfer pisses me off. And I think that... Now that we have all these shows and now more characters to introduce and they're getting shutting out all the characters that we loved in the first one. And now they have to introduce new characters every single time that it's becoming this idea of like, it's like, 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 I think people want to put the brakes on it. Just say, stop, 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 stop. You know, it's like going, they're stretching out their their silly string sli- or slime out too far at this point and that they need to take a break 
like what they well, did in 2020. Um, but I think um, Instagram Film Explorer, he posted a story last night, and I think it perfectly captures Marvel at this point. It says Marvel has been caring about quantity over quality, and I kind of do exactly. Agree and I agree it, to that too. They're very pushing. It's like the TV show because even all right, let's face it. I, here's some. Let me douse some cold water in y'all. I'm not saying the Marvel TV series are bad. It's just the problem is they start off well, but the endings are always not that well done. I think, like, I like the only, like, the series that I really enjoyed the most were the Hawkeye and WandaVision. Like, the other shows, including recently Moon Knight, they were underwhelming with their endings. Even Loki's film, even the Loki series felt kind of underwhelming. You know, I I like the Loki series. But the ending was kind of, you know, it was subpar. Well, you know what they do? Put it back on Netflix and let people have free reign. I think as soon as they left Netflix, that's when everything started to go downhill with the TV show. All right. Well, now the thing is with now all those shows are on Netflix, they don't have that deal anymore because it's under that Marvel umbrella. Now they're developing that Daredevil series because now they're going to incorporate. people are scared. Yeah, people are. But people, most most people are excited that this will explore the new territory of Daredevil. Well, the thing is, is that they got the writer from WandaVision instead of the person who wrote season three and wanted to come back. So they just said, hey, go screw yourself. We're not yeah, it just which sucks. So That's why people are scared. We're like, uh, wait, what? Why didn't you get people who already... Why, why didn't they put the two of them together and work together, you know? Well, it's but, either you know, highway or the highway. So you at this go, point... You want to go argue with Kevin Feige? Yeah, I mean, Kevin Feige at this point has... You know, runs everything. I think he, at this point, since he makes all the decisions at this point, I feel like it's just, he has his big vision, but I don't think it, it's always executed well, and that he just wants to put out as many, as much, yeah. as much, like what we just said, as much as he can, especially like knowing what characters pop up, you know, like there's at least six new characters that were introduced to this new uh and one of them is, uh, it's not a spoiler, but uh, American Chavez, who's getting her own series, like, that's going to come out soon. But then there's also, like, five other heroes, including a new, including a hero that was so beloved that was so, that was returned. And you probably know which one I'm talking about. We're not going to spoil who shows up, but uh, there's multiple heroes that, ex- that... If you've seen it, you know. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, if you see who we're referring to, you're going to know. But... Uh, Caring about them and making sure they have their own universe and have their having their own story, and then you know having their own adventures. It's not like the continuation of like you know Doctor Strange is going to return, and I would love to see another Doctor Strange movie. I, I would love to see that, but knowing that's not in the cards yet, it's we got all these other heroes that they're introducing, and I just feel like why don't we stick with the heroes that we've grown to love over the last like ten or something years? You know we. You know, we love these heroes, and now that they're going to explore this multiverse, we need we want to see them in this new element and not have to introduce so many of these new characters. I feel like that's the overwhelming part of it all. Anyway, Doctor Strange was an <laughs> okay movie, but uh, yeah. yeah, for the first, uh, this was the first movie to incorporate horror elements, and I'm going to say they were a bit underwhelming. I wanted a full-on blown like horror. Actually, when they first announced Multiverse Madness, yeah. I was specifically told this is going to be a horror movie, and I, I felt that's what I felt too. Played, played against. It made me feel like a dirty dog. I think, given the fact that the the Marvel brand is at this point, 
a uh, very family friendly, that's the word, property. You have to make sure everybody can see it, you know. But there's enough horror in it, I think that satisfies some people. I know I wanted a little bit more, but I enjoyed most of the horror elements. I get what they were doing. I 100% get it. And that really creased me out when, this is not a spoiler, um, but Wanda, you can see it in the videos. And now at this point in the film, she comes out like of a puddle or like a gong. Like it's like very uh, the ring uh, and vibes where she's like crawling backwards and you know she's almost deformed getting out of there and I thought that was really well like, well done to get the scare factor in it like if my seven year old self saw that I would have been freaked out so there is some good stuff that happened so do- doing what they could it worked to a degree but uh, I understand that this wanting to be a pure horror film it's not pure horror i think the most bodily horror elements are at the very end of the film and i won't spoil what happens at the end of the film if you see it then you know what i mean uh did you think of the uh, special effects were scary enough or uh, at least the physical elements were scary enough a little bit but it's like i wanted more yeah, I think that's what a lot of people wanted, was a little bit more of that touch factor of Sam Mary. But even though I do see it in the elements of it, there's just enough of it, though, to get it through. But uh, uh, let's talk performances, standout performance in this. We all know the standout performance. And that is one. There's only Elizabeth Olsen. She was, like, She was great. Good. She yeah, was she... great. So I loved her in this universe and this character of Wanda um I think the last five minutes um of her character get to be like really sad at that point and they I can't say we can't say what happens because we don't want to spoil for you all and um there's just something that's very empowering about her character and now she just you know I understand where she creates this chaos and we've grown to grow Wanda to be such a fascinating and complex character it's interesting to see how her character pulls off in the end but um what did you think about it cumberbatch he was good he was like, he's you good know, i think he's i can't see anyone else's doctor strange i feel like he fits it perfectly for this he role. does like, perfect, perfectly. He, he was fine because like he kind of did it was more about a character study for him in this one than it wasn't and i like the fact that he has some interesting ties to this whole multiverse with his character of uh, Rachel McAdams. I thought that was interesting. Eh, it was fine. You know, with the love counterpoints and, you know, seeing all the different strangers that we've seen in the what if universes, you know, we had, uh, you know, if you know what we're referring to and what if, you know, and that includes, you know, the evil strange and, you know, uh, zombie strange so you know what you're going into don't be surprised by that because those, those are also in the trailers um did you think of the performances of like were you surprised to see the return of Chiwetel Ejiofor uh I thought he was gonna be a bigger part but then when it happened I was like yeah that's kind of a spoiler I don't want to talk about that okay yeah but yeah that would you know that was yeah I could see that but uh Anyways, uh, what 
Uh, yeah, then the rest of the, the, the point is it's going to cause some develop, not, not development, excuse me, I'm using the wrong word. Uh, not even that, I was going to say some spoilers then, and I, I feel like we're going to get into that territory of that. Let's not talk spoilers, let's yeah. just try to keep it as basic as we can. Okay, um, how did you feel the story-wise? Was it strong enough? No. Like I said, it's just MacGuffin A to stopping one character um, from getting MacGuffin A while also trying to get MacGuffin B. And it's just like, oh, really? You're going to do that plot point? I mean, I guess, but it's still. Did you, what did you want to see the story take place and how did you want it to evolve? If it was just them looking for a certain thing or like trying to find a way to get Scarlet, like, out of like out of the the ways that she was yeah just if that was that story because it would have been a better redemption story because it's like we've seen her like how she could be a little bit crazy after one division that would have been nice to see like them trying to figure out a way to get her more and instead of like hey like i don't know it was just i want to see that instead of like we need to get this to do this and stop this and stop her from doing that I mean, I kind of like the journey that they go on, though. I will say that. I, it was okay. Yeah, it's not as bad, but uh, I kind of like the unexpectedness of it in some elements. But um, I will admit the story-wise is much stronger than the Internals story. And I think it's much stronger than uh, Black Widow's story, if we're going there. Um but I will admit that this was an interesting, you know, time of the film release because I remember when we were recording our Eternals uh, review that the film there were some reshoots happening. Yeah, it's, it got delayed twice, I believe. It was supposed to come yeah. out. Last, it was supposed to come out like in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. Something like that, and then it was like going to be uh, released like. Like in March or something like that, like of like twenty twenty two or something like that, and then yeah, uh, in October. It, okay, here it is. Uh, it was originally set for release on May seventh, twenty twenty one, but was pushed back to November fifth of twenty twenty one due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Before further shifted to March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, after Sony rescheduled Spider Man No Way Home to November twenty first, twenty twenty one. In October 2021, it was shifted once more to its current 2022 release date, which was the 6th. And I was just reading the sentence. This was just pulled from the Wikipedia page. So uh, it shifts once again. The film is part of the Phase 4 of the MCU. So I need to ask you this. What is your favorite project so far from the Phase 4? Truth is, I accidentally brought those dangerous people here. The world, if you're watching, wish me luck. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could really use some. Exclusively in movie theaters Thursday. Is that really a question in Spider-Man? That is no question. Okay. But, <laughs> that's my favorite, too. And I feel like that's well, the like like majority of people's favorite. That's the, that's the problem with Phase 4. It's like, besides Spider-Man, none of them are like, yo... I'm down for that. It's like it's been Black Widow. No one was like, eh, you know, Everyone too late. Everyone's so what if about Black so, Widow? Too late. Then like the shows were fine, but you know, it's mostly the movies people watch. 
Um, Eternals was yeah. Yeah, Eternals was just god awful. It was just Spider. Anyone, anyone was scared about Spider Man? Like that's really it. Yeah. So and then now we got uh, Thor: uh, Love and Thunder coming up. That is going to be interesting to see because I don't know how people are going to react to that. The positive reactions have been great so far, but then that's what the positive reactions were also for that for Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think cool. more a lot of eyes are going to be set on uh, Natalie Portman's character with her return. That's the only thing I'm not happy about. Yeah, like I I wish I can leave for um eight years and just come back and get her in a big role like that. Yeah, and just complain about the MCU for so long and then find like she, a baby. Was she, was she complaining? Yeah. Oh. And there was also like you know there was the pay rate and everything and there was like all sorts of factors that happen. So, uh, yeah, there. Should we go into the history of Rachel? Oh, not Rachel. I, I just saw Rachel McAdams on the poster for Doctor no, Strange. No, let's not do that. We'll save that for Thor. Thor Ragnarok. We'll go over the Natalie Portman. We'll do that another. Over. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah. So my question is, Doctor Strange. There are some elements in this film. I'm like, damn, PG-13. Did you think Doctor Strange was originally going to be rated R, but Marvel said no. Turn no, I would. I think. Sam Raimi wanted to give it a rated R version. That would have been awesome. Like, I would love for this film to be, like, so gory and ten times it bloodier. Pretty, it was pretty, pretty gory. Yeah, and, you know, they did what they could. Like, like you know, I gave the example of Wanda, you know, the ring-style crawl and, you know, all the other elements, you know. But... I think we could have gone for like an Evil Dead vibe. We there was moments when it happened, but like the part when they were in the tunnel, she just popped out from the shadow. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there were some good elements to that. So, and I think there was why Sam Raimi was brought into that because they wanted to bring that horror style, and what other director can do that than Sam Raimi? I think though. Since, you know, horror has grown such as a genre, I think we're all waiting for that superhero horror film, and it hasn't been totally delivered yet. And we, most people thought it was going to be this, but, you Listen, know. the way to spice up the MCU, just make a rated R movie, for Christ's sake. If the- make it rated R, and I feel like that's what happened with Deadpool. You know, they made it so comical and you know those fox too by the way yeah that's true and then you know it's uh it's like horror elements and stuff like not horror elements but there was like gore factor to deadpool's character that they were able to pull it off and i think marvel's very scared to touch that and i think at this point it would make enough money because people would would go and see it but the problem is they ride on a lot of property of the that merchandise for the dolls and the lunch boxes and the water bottles and all that t-shirts and all their junk but uh yeah marvel you need to get your stuff together because uh <laughs> dc's catching up they actually are kind of catching up i don't know they are gonna slowly catch up and uh marvel's gonna be like oh no we have to maybe you have to come back on some of these characters which they yeah, need to do like we- I know a lot of Marvel people that said that the Batman sucks, but when you look at it overall, like, no, the Batman was, you're just in denial. Exactly. And uh, Black Adam is probably going to make a lot of money. Even if it's not good, it's okay. It's The Rock. So it's going to make him a bunch of money. Aquaman the- 2, uh, I don't know, maybe, probably make a close, maybe a little bit under a billion, but they'll still make a lot of money because, you know, Jason Momoa. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, and then, then The Flash. Gonna- we're going to see The Flash. 
people are now, I think, are going to be skeptical about seeing The Flash. You know, I will be, too, because due to Ezra Miller. Well, they want to probably just see Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, I, I'm just not looking forward to That's the only film. I'm just very, because I just don't support Ezra Miller at this point. But, um, yeah. Hey, get your shit together, Marvel. Like, come on. Mar- Doctor Strange 2 was okay. But, then, like, I think the reshoots and just, like, I don't know. It just felt, it wasn't big like I thought it was going to be. Like, they were, like, saying, like, this is going to change the MCU. And, like, eh, it felt like another. That's the problem with a lot of Phase 4 stuff. Every one of these adventures seems self-contained and not really affecting the overall. The element. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, because the only one I can really think, there's not, the only one I really think of is just Spider-Man. Yeah. It, it did introduce the multiverse. It did. It did. It's, it's just, like. I don't know. It's just this one. It's like I feel like they tried to make it matter, but in reality, I don't think it really matters. They have so many projects in the work. It's kind of ridiculous now, at, like what they are doing. Oh, but you can't wait for She-Hulk, and that oh, terrifying boy. show. That like, movie, uh, ladies and gentlemen, show, is coming out on my birthday. August twelfth, seventeenth. Seventeenth. I'm like that show looks horrifying. I'm not watching that. There was a lot of people said, "Oh, it looks so cringy." Because you know what it looks like? It looks like a romance, a comedy of like girl trying to find love, but she's I mean, a big green ugly Hulk. Honestly, not ugly. Honest, I shouldn't say ugly, but no, she's not ugly. She's like, uh, I shouldn't call her ugly. She actually looks good. That's the thing. Um, I'm like, you know how many guys would have been like, I don't care if she's green. I'm risking it all. Yeah, they're like, you know, they like. It's so different with its tone that I'm, like, just, not expecting that it. That CGI looks terrible. It does not look good. It for looks, a lot looks, of other Marvel properties we, it's we getting, in the past. It does not look good. It's at the uncanny valley with her. Because, like, when you see her walking through the trailer, I'm like, she doesn't look like she's there. And even I don't though, like the poster for it either. No, and even the um the Mark Ruffalo CGI looks terrible. And I guess this is what happens to get TV quality CGI instead of movie quality CGI. Yeah, it's... Mm, I'm not looking forward to that series. I'm not either. Oh yeah, but back to Doctor Strange. Uh, I guess there's something really a lot other to say. I guess you know, like I said, it was fine. I know that people they say they hated it, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Like, well, I've seen it, it twice now, so would I rewatch it? Probably not. Do I think that they should have cut off a little bit for the runtime? Yeah, about maybe like thirty minutes. I don't think there's no way this should have been two hours. I thought the runtime was just solid enough. It should have been an hour and like fifty, but uh. What's your final rating for Doctor Strange? I'm giving it... Uh, I would have to say a B because that's what I gave like about Doctor Strange. Was about a B? I'm going to give Doctor Strange... I gave Doctor Strange... I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Like so I said, it, so it maybe was, for me that's like a 7.5. Yeah. It's, it's like a B minus. Mm-hmm. B minus B. It's, it's, just, it's just not like... It's fine. But like what I, I want to go out of my way to watch it again. I've seen, like I said, I've seen it twice, and I liked, I liked it. Like, but then again, it's no Winter Soldier or Civil War or Guardians. It's so hard to top what we've seen in the previous phases. It's so hard to top. Honestly, but uh, what did y'all think in the comment section below? Did you like Doctor Strange? Did you not like it? Let us know in the comments down below. What's your favorite Marvel film, by the way? Like, I'm what's your favorite Phase Four project besides Spider Man? No way. No, home. add Spider Man because that, that's everyone's answer. But if that's it, we're gonna get right into the box office report and the CN, CN, the MK Productions up film.
So, the box office reports for the past weekend of May 13th to the 15th. Um, the top 10 films of the weekend. Number 10 is The Unbearable Weight and Mass Italian Talent. Come on, people. We got to see that movie. More people. Damn it, what's wrong with you? Massive talent. Go see it. Number nine is Family Camp, 1.3 million. Number eight is The Lost City, 1.6. The Northman comes in at number seven, 1.7. Fantastic Beasts, 2.5 million. That's six. Number five is Everything Everywhere, all at once at 3.3. Firestarter debuts at number four with $3.8 million. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or 4.6 million. The Bad Guys, number two, with 7 million. And Doctor Strange and Wolfie Universe of Madness, 61.7. Any surprise movies on the list that made it? Any surprise? Uh, I will say I think uh, I think more people were expected to see Firestarter higher on that list. I mean, I saw I watched Firestarter and oh god, was it bad? Oh, it's so bad. Oh god, it's terrible for it's like goes down as one of the top horrible remakes. To come from the Stephen King Canyon, well, and that includes the Carrie and the Pet Cemetery. Hey, hey, I, I kind of like the Carrie remake. You like the Carrie remake? I kind of, I kind of like. Don't the, go just, there. No, because <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, I give her credit. She, she turned chicken shit into chicken salad. No, I love the original. And, and I like Julianne Moore as her mom. I will say it was a little too heavy-handed with the religious tones, but it was better than the 2000 one they did. Yeah, okay. No, they're both bad. So, anyway. Uh, but I think, think about it. Firestar did release on Paramount Plus and Peacock. The people yeah. watched it beforehand. And, like, I'm not saying, I'm not seeing this in theater. When I watch it no, I didn't want to see it in theaters. From what I saw from the trailers, like, I was, like, really curious when I saw the set photos. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, no. What is this? I completely forgot about it. And I was just like, oh, no, this this does not look good. Even my sister watched it, and she's not, like, gung-ho about horror movies either. But she's like, oh, this is PG-13. I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, I'll be able to handle it. <laughs> and uh, it's not good. We made so many jokes about it throughout the entire movie. I can't tell you how many times we paused it, and we were just cracking up because we were just dying laughing. Like, I couldn't take the movie seriously after 30 minutes like it lost all my interest logic everything was so thrown out the window that i'm just like dude what is happening to this movie and it is garbage and it wants to be so serious what it wants to tell and especially from the filmmaking side it is so bad don't watch it folks but christy what's coming up on the mk up front before we end the show Coming up on the M&K front, up front, we are talking in the... Ooh, I can't talk. Coming up in the next episode, we are talking original Top Gun. We're going to do a retro rewind effect of reviewing the original Top Gun in honor of Top Gun Maverick, which will be our 80th episode, our 80th special, spectacular. Uh, no word if we're going to get a guest yet, but uh, Mac and I have been really looking forward, especially me... To Top Gun Maverick. I'm so excited for Top Gun Maverick. I can't wait. I'm going to see it this upcoming weekend. Got some good things coming up this upcoming weekend. And Mac, you're going to a fun convention happening. Yes, I am. Where are you going? I'm Tell going the beautiful to, folks. Um, got, I'm going to Anime Boston with a couple friends. It's my first convention. And 
Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I was actually gonna plan on maybe doing a vlog and posting on the yeah, channel. Yeah, do it. And then we gotta. And then also when we do the next episode, we gotta talk about it. Because I never been to a con. No, not a lot. I did go to a convention, but it wasn't a film convention, uh, folks. I actually went to a makeup convention once. Oh my goodness! But I got a lot of free stuff. But I- yeah, that's um, that's what we're coming up on the MK Upfront. Also, um, by the time this goes up, check out the Infinity Films podcast. We were invited on there, and we did some team trivia with them, and it was um, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, what it was. We 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 yeah we we got like Jim Mora said to quote Jim Mora, we got our asses kicked. I know, and normally you and I do good on those trivia podcasts when we, we go just, on to there, and uh, we did not do good. We, we did not fun. do good. Those questions were challenging. They really were, and we had, we we had fun though. It was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, and then I was just also on the Talking TV podcast talking about the latest Alex Garland movie, Men. So that'll be up on their channel if you want to go check that out. But also, otherwise. Stick it around. Stick around here because we talk lots of fun movie stuff. So yeah. So this has been us. Remember, we have free shipping on our store. We just released some sandals and a mug on the MK Productions store on slide into summer with some new slides. Yes, and the sale will be extended until the end of June. It is free shipping if you use promo code Mayfever at checkout, and you get free shipping off your entire order. I'm going to extend that to June. I'll probably post something like that today when we're recording by the time we get out. Also, don't forget to donate to us on Patreon. You get exclusive benefits on there, and you can just be part of the community, and we love you for it. But, otherwise for that, I've been Mac. This has been Kristen. You've been listening to another episode of the MBK Productions Podcast. Bye! Bye! Yeah.